okay now. From the beginning. Hey there, all you wedding photographers, creatives, and business owners. You're tuned into the Dotcast, a weekly deep dive into the wedding photography industry, creativity, and entrepreneurship, brought to you by Nine Dots. Now, as we roll into autumn, I hope your editing piles are decreasing inversely in proportion to the next year's deposits. And here at Nine Dots, it's a real busy time for us. We are putting the final things into place for our annual flagship event, the conference that is definitely not a conference, the Nine Dots Gathering. This year, it's been held in Leeds in the UK on November the 14th and 15th. Now, it's been described quite accurately as a theme park for wedding photographers. And over two and a half days, you'll be able to learn from and share good times with some of the best and brightest in our industry, including, and this is a good list, Jason Vincent, Helen Williams, Jesse and Moira LaPlante, Fabio Marula, Susanna Pavan, Dom and Liam from York Play Studios, Lena Orsina Allen, Nadine Van Billion, Marta May, Siva Haran, Ronan Palliser, and Angie Ward-Brown. Told you it was a good list as well as all the knowledge and inspiration that you'll take from the presentations, from the live shoots and the masterclasses, you'll also gain so much from the social and holistic side of the event. Going into the new year as part of a close community of like-minded photographers who can all help you reach your goals really is priceless. There's still a tiny handful of tickets left, so you can find out more at the links in the description or visit 9-dots.co gathering to find out more. Now, we cannot wait to see you all in there. And on that note, we are going to dive into this week's episode. You probably should tell me how do you pronounce your name? Because I think I'm saying it like in the Polish way. Well, my name? Yes. Why? How you do you say, say my name? You say Raul or something like that? It's Rahul, but it can be Raul. Because I, Ra- I say Rahul, I think. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's Rahul. a H in there. So yeah. It just depends, you know, like it really you, depends. You, I, I'm allowed to pronounce the H. Yeah, exactly. You're allowed to pronounce In Poland, we, we pronounce all the letters. So that's why. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you're allowed to pronounce a H. You're supposed to pronounce a H. But um, it just depends. Sometimes, like, when I'm in America and stuff like that, people just get it all wrong. So I'm just like, Raul, and and there's, like, because it's more Spanish, and then they just they get it quicker. I don't know why. Mm. It's just, like, yeah. And then if I'm in Europe... They're like, what's your name? I'm like, Raul. And then I mentioned this Real Madrid like superstar, Raul Gonzalez. And they're like, oh, you were named after him? I'm like, yes, exactly that. And, you know, <laughs> it works. <laughs> so that's that's how my name is. It's whatever anyone feels comfortable with, to be fair, you know. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not too fussed. So, but you look, great to have you on this podcast. Um, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, it's, a, it's a rainy day in Paris, so I'm glad to be sitting here. Talking to you instead of roaming around. Fair enough. Actually, like this was a good start to the podcast because I was literally just on your website before and it's like, your name's not actually Aga. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) that was the first thing on your bio. Everyone calls you Aga. We all call you Aga. And your surname is not Maru. To us, it's Pick Time. (laughs) It's like Aga Pick Time. But uh, what is your name then? I would just like to be referred as the Aga. That would be <laughs> okay. Yeah, the Aga. Yeah, perfect. that would be perfect. Uh, yes. So my name is Agnieszka Sączyńska, and <laughs> okay. you know, you you could imagine how good That's of a nice. business name that would be if you tried to Google that or yeah. um, even talk to me. Um, but everyone calls me Aga. Even you know, my mom calls me Aga. So. Um, that's that feels like the right thing to call me. That's the right. And thing I'm not to call very you. connected to my last name, so um, yeah, I decided to take up another one. <laughs> oh, you changed your last name as well from your birth name. <laughs> I I just changed it on Facebook, so it's oh, official. 
Oh, it's official on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that on, and on Instagram. Fair enough, fair enough. I was just like, oh. But like, do you still have to write out your whole name or have you just changed it so it's just Agar on like your passport and everything? No, I ha- on the passport, I have my original original name. But I yeah. would like to change it. I would like to... Uh, actually, I would like to change it to my grandfather's name. That would be ideal uh, on my maternal side. My mom wants to change her name to his name. So I thought maybe I can do that too. Um, but I really don't like paperwork. So oh, yeah. it sounds like a like a pain. Oh, really? Yeah. I can imagine it being a pain. I mean, so you, you have to kind of change everything afterwards, I think. Yeah. I mean... I remember my wife, like, we had to change so much stuff for her when we got married. And I was just like, what a pain in the ass. Like, I totally understand, like, if, you know, the other side didn't want to take someone else's name or surname anymore. Because, like, mm-hmm. just the effort of, like, doing yeah. the paperwork and, like, changing credit cards. And, you know, like, I had to put her on my house bills because then you're, like, trying to get a new mortgage. It was just difficult and all these things. And it was just like, oh, my God, if you just kept your surname and we just didn't bother with this taking <laughs> each other's surname thing. I mean, which is doesn't really happen that much anymore, to be fair. I mean, I don't really hear of it as much as it used to be, but um, I don't know. Yeah, just life would be easier. Just keep your surname, you know? Mm. Or, yeah, even Double Barrel is, like, long. I would, like, Double Barrel oh, yeah. on, fa- on Facebook if you want, I guess. And then it's like, oh, it seems like you're married or whatever, but, like... Oh, yeah, really, so you're, maybe your friends can still find you. Yeah, exactly. But then really on all your government ID stuff, it's just it is what you were born with. <laughs> yes. Unless you decided to change it. So oh, that's an interesting way to start this podcast, talking about names. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, I got I got you onto this podcast because obviously we, we we speak a lot, like we pick time and stuff like that. But then you, you know, like people that might not know, and even I didn't know actually until maybe like three, four years ago. I can't remember whenever you told me, but you were like oh, I'm a photographer too. And I was just like, oh, really? Didn't realize. I, d- <laughs> I just thought you worked for Big Time. So like, you know, um, just like for people that don't know, you know, like, can you just tell them like your journey, like how you started like photography yeah. and where you are now? Be awesome. Sure. And let me start to to say that most people who work for Big Time are photographers. And I think that's what makes the company kind of relevant because they all have this perspective, you know, of of a of a working photographers a lot of people working for big time are still working as photographers too um my photography journey how far how far back do you want to go way back back into time no i don't know um (laughs) as far back as 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 you care to go to be fair all right let me zoom through it so i think i picked up a camera when i was nine um mainly because um, my granddad wanted to give me one and my mom said like, no way. So I was like, I'm going to get one anyway. And I saved all my pocket money, bought really like a plastic Kodak camera. I think I was saving for a year and just like, I think it was maybe 20, 20 euro camera. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. so, so I got it. I started photographing school trips and from those photos, I would make prints for other kids to buy. So I very quickly started with the print sales. And I think that was probably when I was at my most entrepreneurial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, then I 
uh, after high school, I started, I, I did a lot of work in a darkroom in high school, a lot of film photography. I absolutely loved being in a darkroom. And then when I um, uh, finished high school, I was like, uh, I was really convinced that I wanted to be a photographer, but I decided to study engineering instead because I was told that this cannot be a job. Um, being a photographer, it's not an option. So I did engineering for about nine months. And after nine months, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to be a photographer. <laughs> Um, so I actually moved back. I studied in France and I booked, moved back to Poland, started studying on the weekends and working um, for a tech company. Then they sent me to Ireland and that's where I started my wedding business. I think I was 20. Um, and then I had this business in Ireland for nine years I moved to Los Angeles where I did have another wedding business and I worked on a lot of different photography brands for about three years. And I moved to Paris five years ago. And now I'm mainly focusing on personal work and I'm doing some commercial assignments as well. Uh, but I work for big time, full time. Wow. So that's my photography journey. And I would say that it's mainly my, like, I always did, you know, some, some kind of client photography and personal work to decide. And it's the personal work who brought me to doing the type of work that I do today. Wow. That's yeah, quite a journey. It's like, that's nice. I mean, I, I, you know, when I was listening to that, I always think like a man, like, one of my regrets is not, I don't have many regrets in life, but it's like, I wish I'd lived in another country. It's like, I mean, I know it's not like it's not too late, but right now I can't just because, you know, I don't want to take my kids away from their grandparents and yeah. stuff like that and um, and whatnot. But like, yeah, I always regret that. Like, I wish I'd just ventured out and lived because I've always worked for mm -hmm. myself and the Internet has always been around. So it hasn't been like, I don't know why, you know, my, I mean, my brother, who, you know, obviously yeah. did do that. He decided to move to Vancouver. So he lives there now. Whereas like, yeah, I don't know. I've always just uh, stayed in London. But like. Well, London is also like a very interesting place to live. You know, I feel like you've got a bit of a whole world in London. Yeah, um, we do. Yes. I know. Like, and, and everyone's just like, oh, you know, the grass isn't always greener. I've got some of our best mates have moved to like San Francisco and San Jose and stuff like that. And and I'm, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It always goes through my mind. It's always this time as well, near winter time. I'm always just like, I just wish I lived in Thailand, you know, January to like about <laughs> April, May time. Then I can come back here again. <laughs> I would, I would like suggest maybe September to May. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. To, to be fair, <laughs> about barring the gathering and all the nine dot stuff, I don't really have many weddings between September and May anyway. So yeah, yeah good, it would be a good time to go. Just flying for the gathering. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but no. yeah, I would say that that gave me a lot, like living in different places, um, because every place you go to, you kind of pick up some of their culture and then you're becoming a melting pot of different influences yourself. Um, but it was very interesting from point of view of photographer. I remember living in Ireland and Ireland is really gloomy and you always overcast and you have this kind of cold gray light. And I was looking at the images of photographers from California and just dreaming of the golden hour and beautiful sunsets. Yeah. I actually, at the beginning, really tried 
to emulate work of these photographers. So I would schedule an engagement shoot with a couple and reschedule it five times until we got the sunny day. <laughs> oh, wow. And then I would like work so hard and then be like, okay, finally this image like resembles like a California, you know, and the, and the, um, after a few years I did abandon trying to do it because it was just not practical. And then when I actually moved to California, I was like, whoa, it's so easy. The light is so soft and beautiful. Anywhere you point your camera, you can get a good image. And I felt like I had to work much less for a good image. And I was like, what are these guys even getting paid for? You you don't have to have <laughs> all those skills. Yeah. Uh, and the ironic thing was that when I moved to California, I realized that my style has been shaped really by these this kind of cold, overcast, soft light. And even though now finally I was able to take those sunny images and it made sense because that's where I was, I would wait until a nightfall and light my images in a similar way to the light that I was getting in Ireland. So uh, it, it really became the light that I really um, fell in love with and started to identify it. And even now... Now I'm working more in the studio environment. That's still the light that I'm trying to recreate or the mood or the the color, the energy. Yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, it's funny because like, yeah, I, I mean, obviously as English photographers and everyone, we always look at like California and stuff like that and their light and we're like, man, they're so easy. Their locations are so great. And like, but after speaking to a lot of them and some of them are my friends and stuff, it's actually, it's super hard to shoot out there. It's not that easy because... The ceremonies mm -hmm. are at 12, 1 o'clock. It's super bright, yes. very hot. And and when I speak to them, they're like, oh, I wish I had your light, you know, just like gray, overcast, <laughs> cloudy. That's what I mean. Like, see, that people always think the grass is greener on the other side. And then like they and we we think, you know, their light is beautiful and they think our light is yeah. beautiful. And yeah, um, de definitely you get like, you know, you you wouldn't have to worry, okay, it's raining, so we can't go outside, but you would that they're sweating and it's too hot and getting yeah. fried but i find that even like in the midday light you can like the light is reflected a bit differently especially in la um la is all like gray so it's almost kind of like a natural bounce to yeah the light like grain beige <laughs> yeah i yeah i mean i've shot a couple of weddings in, in, in on the west coast and stuff like that i remember actually though funny enough like Bit, bit of a side tangent from like talking about light but like I, I went to uh my wife's uh friends like she was a uh, her wedding in Mexico and it was so hot and we had to wait outside in the heat and then like I was holding my uh youngest or eldest with me that's what we had at the time only one kid and uh you know I fell asleep like before they even walked down the aisle and stuff like that like I was asleep like literally passed out from the heat <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God, I just don't understand. And the photographer there, who was my friend, she's like got all these photos of me and my little one basically asleep through the whole ceremony. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I suffered heat stroke during that ceremony. Yeah, like, yeah, you like, get a heat and uh, often like even worse when you have a place that has a lot of humidity too, yeah. like your gear, for example, like mosquitoes, all of this, like challenges are different yeah. for sure. I, I do love the light in England, you know. I love like grey, cloudy like, yeah, if you keep shooting in the same light, like, I guess, like anything, it just gets boring. But like our summers, when we have like good sun and the sunsets, they're, they're very spectacular. You mm -hmm. can like, I think the images like look really, really good. As long as you can get your couple out there or whatever, you know, for a wedding, 
during the like sunset and stuff like that. Yeah, and like the light, like the light can be like super incredible. And I think then people really take time to pause and appreciate it because they don't get it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the first thing a photographer friend said to me when I moved to LA said, "Aga, you cannot talk about weather over here. The weather is nice every day, so it's not a topic." Yeah. <laughs> It's, whereas over here, the first thing we do and the most British thing we do is always talk about the weather. It's always the exactly, topic. Exactly. Exactly. We, we spoke about it just before. Oh, we spoke about it in the beginning of this podcast as well, didn't we? Just right. now. Can't remember if it was before we press record or not. So, like, yeah. It's oh man, yeah. British people and us and weather, man, we love talking about it all the time. You know. So, like now, now do you do most of your work in the studio then? Like personal work, or is this like commercial work and? So yeah. com commercial, I do only a little bit of commercial work, and that's usually outdoors, uh, actually. But for my personal work, I I do work working outside, but I did feel this like desire to be able to create the situation from the beginning. So, you know, sometimes you, you take a photo and just there is like a magical light that happened to be falling into the room and you see it and you make the most out of the situation. And then you get this image that you're never able to replicate. Yeah. And I think that there is magic in it of being in the right place in the right time. But I started thinking like, okay, I would love to learn the studio lighting so well that I can create this type of light that will suit the image or suit the person that I'm photographing or their face or whatever I want to portray. Yeah. So I, I was like, why not? Uh, you know, I photographed uh with the available light for a very long time and i just also i think felt i need to challenge myself and learn something new yeah it's always it's always fun challenging and learning something new that's for sure like i've I've only worked in a studio a few times so but every time i've worked i've always i just use like like massive soft boxes but like really big video lights I just mm -hmm. found them easier to control than like trying to do like flash, like off camera flash, mm -hmm. whatever it was. Do you, which which one do you do? do you, uh, video lights or do you do flash or do you do both? I actually mainly use flash, uh, but I started adding a video light recently, and I also really love the look uh, because also if you just shoot the flash, flash, I find it. Um, it could get boring in a way. So right now I'm. Uh, well, after shooting weddings for so many years, uh, I think you you're kind of always keep the the client in mind, right? Like yeah. you can get creative and experiment, but you always are focused on serving them. You want the you know them to be happy. Like you remember what other clients said, what they liked, and every all your decisions are stirred from from this point and. As I'm shooting more personal work now, I'm trying to unlearn all those expectations. So while I know that if I bring like my favorite south box and the light and I position a certain way, I'm going to get a beautiful image. I'm trying to also say, hey, how about I use this as a continuous light? How about I just bounce a video light off the wall or try something that may completely not work? So I'm trying to purposely unlearn all those techniques and experiment and um and and see what I like and see where my intuition leads me. So in a way I do like I like flash. I just ordered 
a Andy filter as well in order to be able to play a bit more with shutter speed and get shallower depth of field because I feel a lot of um, images that are lit just with flash can be can be kind of uh, almost too sharp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna play with that a little bit and and yeah, and mix of flash and continuous light and maybe even some natural light. No, yeah, that's nice. I mean, so with your personal work, so do you use models and stuff like that, or do you just uh, like who who are you shooting, or do you just ask your friends and be like, hey, I'm gonna have this studio, and do you guys want some photos, and then you're just gonna have fun and play about, or does it make sense? Like, because obviously, you yeah. if it's for your own personal work, it's not like where everyone's like, oh, let's do street street photography, where they just go out with the camera. Like you need people or props, right? Yes, absolutely. So right now I don't have my own studio, so I have to rent a studio. So I don't shoot very often. I do maybe a, a shoot every few months. So usually what happens is that uh, some people that I know, they they get in touch with me and say, hey, I would really like to get my portrait done. And I kind of work out how many people do I have for the specific day and uh, how much do I have to charge each person for me to cover the cost of the studio and and things like that. And if I'm able to get some extra time in the studio, I sometimes invite, um, you know, a model or someone that I know that I want to photograph to come in as well. So I try to mix the two, nice. basically. But I don't actively... Um, contact the agencies to photograph model portfolios. I'm more interested in portrait than a, like a fashion photography. So I'm anyone who has somewhat interesting face, uh, which I would say is everybody, yeah. <laughs> at least to me, it is interesting uh, subject for me to work with. Yeah. Nice. I, I So so you're not like this is just purely all personal work then you're not trying to do any commercial work at all or, or do you try to do commercial work i mean i know you're working for pick time full time but are you, mm -hmm. do, are you doing commercial work then at all or so no? with my portrait portraits i currently don't do any commercial work with that i mean people who i photograph they use the images sometimes for um you know for the things that they need but uh right now i'm mainly trying to express something and create something beautiful uh and i feel like i'm maybe not establishing my style but trying to exercise my style uh and practice and i think that once i you know get a feel for it and um a bit more uh, i guess like a, a a bit wider portfolio maybe i'll try to get um, some commercial clients for this type of work. But for now, I'm trying to unlearn things that I learned through commercial work and be really free in the expression before I start working with clients again. Yeah. You're, you're trying to unlearn things, but then at the same time, you spend a lot of time in wedding photography conferences. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Listen, listening to the stuff that you're trying to unlearn. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes, but you listen to them from a different perspective, you know, and and they're all, 
always stuff that's useful for anyone. I would say the things that I'm trying to unlearn are like my own expectations of what my work should look like. Uh, I am more of a perfectionist by nature. So if I was to say like a complaint that I would have about my own work is that sometimes it can, you know, I, I never feel like, oh, this photo could technically be better because usually I I feel quite strong technically, but what I often see is, oh, this is getting too boring or too safe. That's usually the the problem that I have with my own work. So that's the part that I'm trying to work on and say and think what makes image interesting, what makes it not boring. And especially if you take something like a simple portraits, I like to work with maybe a black or white backdrop and you have someone's face that is, you know, not so many elements to work with, but at the same time, you can really do a lot of different things with it. So I think that's why I like the challenge of that. Yeah, that's difficult to do because, I mean, like in weddings, for example, for me, I'm always like, every time I do my, like, you know, the best of blog post every year, I go through it and I, and I start looking at the images and I see how similar all my images are. And then mm-hmm. I just think, oh man, it's, it's like boring. Like, mm-hmm. how can I make these images better? And like with me, I have a lot more elements to play with. Like like you just said, like you don't at all, but it's 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 still really difficult. Like even in the wedding space to like, like try and look at things from a different angle. I guess when you've been doing it for so yeah. many years. And then like, even though I'm like, some of it is like, is because you just have to become a lot braver. Do you know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. dare, like, dare to be different or something. Like, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's like, I don't know. I always, I always look at my work like that as well. I mean, I always think like it could be better technically and and like compositionally and like, well, just just better <laughs> all the time. But like, <laughs> some, but like the stuff that I am good at or like, uh, like I have a consistent level is, mm-hmm. is, is where I'm trying to like be different and try to like break mm-hmm. that. But it's it's really hard to like get out of your get out of your own headspace, you know. Yeah. But I think it. you you should also put things in the perspective in a way because the the couple hires you for what you do, right? And if you provide the images that are consistently good to them, you're you're doing your job and you're serving them well. Yeah, so yeah. you can't be too hard on yourself for doing that, but but yes, uh, it, it's hard because this is how our brain works. You learn, like you learn, okay, this angle looks really good, um, you know, for this type of shot. And, and yeah. you learn all those things and then you you do it and you repeat it. So in a way that that means that you've learned something, that your, your images are similar or, you know, that you're, um, you found a composition that works. Um, but yes, for, for, if you do want to, uh, that, that also, that's why I think, uh, sorry, I'm uh, jumping all over the place a little bit, but I, I think that that's why it's important to do personal work because you don't necessarily want to experiment at somebody's wedding into finding your new creative voice. I, I, I mean, you can, but I think that if you provide consistently good quality of images to your client and you're focused on that, and then you've got uh, some other creative practice 
where you do personal work and it can be through photography, but can be through other things as well. Um, and you try to be really free in that domain, your professional work or your wedding work will benefit from this. So you're going to see in like suddenly that in your photos, you've got this kind of like new energy or new perspective. Uh, but I think it's better to practice it separately and then it naturally kind of um, shows up in, in your wedding images. That, that's what I found for myself, at least. Yeah, what what you're saying is like completely true for me, um, because I feel like I've I've like personally had a good year, like because just from mm -hmm. the, all the feedback I've had from all my couples, right? And the thing is, like, okay, uh, like to rewind back a little bit, like in in 2020, I started learning how to make music, and like I've, I mentioned this on the podcast before with with an, another guest, I can't remember anyway, but um, and so I started learning to make music, and then like last year, I was just like, oh, I want to get better and better at it, so I started like focusing more time on that so i feel like now i'm i still do that alongside like shooting weddings and whenever i would get time and especially now it's my downtime and i feel like me experimenting there has put new energy and life into me shooting weddings even though the two aren't related because i don't do personal work i don't go out there i'm not really interested in like street photography like i like shooting portraits and stuff maybe but like again i guess if i'm not doing weddings the only time i'm really using my camera is like to take photos of my kids and well, my family mm -hmm. and stuff like that but, but, but like, that, mm -hmm, that can be it too yeah. because you, like i think a lot of people when they hear personal work you know they think like okay i've, I've got to like submit for a grant uh somewhere and do a fine art project but it can literally be that you go on a fun um fun holiday with your family and uh you know, they, they don't have any expectations on how the images will look like. And you're just yeah. able to relax and play. And that can right away feed into um, into your work. And music, the same. You know, I would say anything that you don't do for a specific client could be. Yeah. Could, could, could give you that. I think it's an important point that you made, though. Like, And I think like a lot of people should do that is, is like basically find another hobby. And it will indirectly feed into your photography. Like I, I really do feel that me making music has fed into my photography, which is why I feel like, I don't know, this year for me, I guess, I mean, I'm not making like award-winning images or anything, but I feel like it's been one of my best years. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, deep down, it feels like every, every client has left like amazing reviews or has told me how good it's been. And like throughout the whole like wedding photography process for each one of them. And yeah, like, I don't know if it's always been my best work, but I feel, I don't know, it just feels like, it feels like a really good year, if that makes sense. I don't know, like, yeah. and and it's and it's because of me, like, making music and doing other things. And, which is why, like, um, I feel like, well, I'm not getting complacent with making music, or I, I don't feel like, you know, like, how I'm finding it boring looking at my images and weddings. I've, I think I've, like, now trying to find, like, different creative outlets, which is one of the reasons like, I started doing all these podcasts. You know, like Andy was mm -hmm. just like, oh, you don't have to do it all the time and whatever. And I was just like, actually, I'm really enjoying like being out of my comfort zone, learning a new skill, interviewing and talking to people. Um, like when I first started this podcast, and I'm not just saying it's only like it's been like 15 episodes now or something. I mean, it's been over like 50 in overall, but that was with like Adam and everyone. But like now it's been like 15, probably me on my own. And before I used to have a, another screen with like mm -hmm. a big sheet of questions to ask, like 20 questions. 
Like, so then I can like, and people will probably notice this because I've had some comments of people telling me like, oh, your podcast have got much better, feel like more conversational or whatever. And that's because they have got better because maybe I've becoming better and I don't, and I don't have that other screen now to look at like questions and like be like, oh, what shall I ask them next? Or like, like oh, if <laughs> conversation falls flat and, you know, and it's fun because it's talking to some people, some people are like friends and people that I know like yourself, or there's some people that I don't really know. And yet I've still been able to conversate. So it's like, just like learning a new skill to keep yourself like, yeah. like away from weddings, like probably the same with you, you know, like you go to all these, like you're doing all the work for pick time, going to all these wedding photography conferences, listening to everyone. And then like, you have like this pent up, like creative, like energy inside. And you're like, I need to like release it somewhere. Yes. Right. Yes. And I feel like when I was shooting weddings, I would like work like try so hard to get better at it. You know, like I was like, and I was, you know, 20s in my early 20s or my mid 20s, like super ambitious. And I was like, I want this work to be so good and really working really hard. I'm like, what gear do I have to go? Like, what photographer do I need to learn from? And I would like just eat it all up, completely obsessed. And my work was still boring. And I was like, getting you know frustrated and i was like how can i make it better like i couldn't couldn't get it and i would hear this all over as like shoot personal work shoot personal work and i was like well i'm way too busy with weddings and trying yeah. to improve that to shoot personal work like that's like how am i supposed to to have time for that and then i think something changed in me and i was like i'll just try <laughs> so i was like let's just do that and I, and I did that. And then I was like, oh, I get it. Now my work is getting better. Um, really following my intuition and me knowing myself better and being able to, you know, feel more free or, um, feel things, you know, more intuitively or follow some, some other paths uh, and that uh, only the, at that time my work started getting better and also um eventually i figured out that this is the work that i maybe prefer doing <laughs> yeah it's it's too it, it, that, that's what people say isn't it like I, i've heard that so many times at like wedding photography conferences as well at nine dots like so many people are like shoot personal work shoot personal work and then but like most people, I don't know about most people, but like like me, for example, I feel guilty if I'm not if I'm at a desk and I'm like editing personal work or something, or just going out doing personal work, and I know I've got like a backlog of backlog of like edits to do or whatever, you know, from wedding clients. I I, I generally like started feeling guilty that mm -hmm. you were doing something else. You know, like it's the same for like my, my morning routines now. Before, back in the day, three, four years ago, I, if I'd woken up at like six in the morning because I couldn't sleep. I would just start working because I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I've got this extra time. So why not do the work that I need to do? And then like, I'll free up my time later on in the day. So then I can just like chill out. But then yeah. now, like with like my morning routine, it's like get up and do stuff for me, like gym, mm -hmm. whatever I read. And then like when I come back and after the school run, like for the, like the next four or five hours, up until about two, three o'clock, I'm like fully focused on my work. Like editing yeah. has become better. More things are streamlined just because I took time out to do something for me, you know? Yeah. And that's in the perspective of a day. But if you look at it even more long-term in the 
you know, in a like a year or how does that affect affects your decade, then you can really see the the results. I think that we live in such a capitalist world. Like it's not just the wedding industry or photography industry. Like literally, if you have a choice of an activity that's not going to bring any money and another activity that's going to like produce something, add something to economy, make you some money, like even without being fully conscious, most of the time you will pick the money-making activity, even if you have enough money or enough work and all of this is just how we are wired and to kind of, uh, undo some of this and like for you to go like no the morning is sacred i'm going to do something for myself and even if for now you have to justify it and say because this will make me more productive later (laughs) um then so be it you know if you if you need a permission to do some personal work because this is going to make your client work better and book better weddings and make more money and make your clients happier if this is what you need to justify like okay whatever gets the job done but i do think that there are bigger benefits of that for like for your soul for you as a person for you being connected to the craft loving loving what you do like so many so many things yeah 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 you're you're 100 right you're 100 right you know i thought we'd start this conversation where this conversation is going i didn't think it'd go this way but i'm like loving it <laughs> well but i just to ask you a question so you don't shoot weddings anymore so what what made you give up shooting weddings or do you still shoot weddings maybe i'll just uh, i shoot one a year so one a year. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> are you fully booked so for next year s- <laughs> no i'm uh, i still got one spot left for for next year so if anyone is engaged and listening, uh, <laughs> get into the books. So yeah, I, I must say that that was a, um, as kind of a spontaneous decision to not to not to do weddings anymore. Uh, not an easy one because I do actually really love shooting weddings. Uh, I I shot a wedding this year and last year, and I go and I absolutely love everyone there i love connecting to people i um i even like the editing part like all of that i don't i never really loved the marketing part but i i just love working with people so there is nothing wrong for me with shooting weddings i'm not the person who is going to say like no shooting weddings is terrible and and i think you know, I still work with wedding photographers every day in different capacity and go to all those wedding conferences. And I really, really love that world. But I think I think that was part of the problem. <laughs> uh, so I never felt like, oh, I really hate weddings. If I if I said that, you know, early on, I say like, oh, I hate weddings. I want to find something that I really connect to. Um, like it forces you to change your perspective. But I I loved it and I still do. But I just felt like like the weddings are not really challenging me anymore. You know, there were like countries that I wanted to see and people I wanted to meet. And uh I think my main drive was, you know, to to see new new places, new destinations, get to know new cultures, and and that kept me going. But 
in terms of photography, I discovered that through portraits, I just, you know, I think that I can get better at that. Uh, but it definitely took um, almost a burnout where I decided to not do any photography at all for a while and see how that feels, see how that changes my identity. You know, when you meet someone, um, I would usually say, hey, I'm, my name is Aga, I'm, I'm a photographer, and that would shape the conversation. And almost all the interactions, all, you know, if you if you look at like how I would plan my holidays, I would say, hey, maybe I can travel to this location and take interesting pictures there, or maybe there is a conference or workshops I want to do. My whole life was shaped with photography. And I think I just um, felt the need to reject everything and say, hey, I want to try different life and not do any photography. And it felt really rebellious and really interesting. And now that I'm coming back to photography, I'm way more picky on what I shoot. And I'm like, let's just shoot stuff that I really connect with and not not the stuff that I like to shoot, just like put the bar much higher in terms of what I choose to do. And interesting, interestingly enough, after taking a break, the work I would shoot very little, but the work that I would produce during those little shoots would be better than anything I've, I've produced before. So that was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I think I was overworked and I was, because I like people, I was enjoying these jobs, but creatively I couldn't figure out what I'm good at or what my voice is, what my style is. Um, so, so that, that helped. Wow. Okay. But I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, uh... no, no, it does. It does. I was just sitting there thinking, I feel like giving up wedding photography too, to be fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what? No, I do love it though. I, I think like, that's the thing, right? P people get too consumed with like photography. Um, yeah. Or, or like wedding photography, should I say. Like, you know, they, they, they just, their friends are like wedding photographers and they only hang around with photographers or like, um, they're always in Facebook groups just talking about photography and then they're only shooting weddings and then like everything just gets too consuming. So like what you're saying, you know, like going back to what we were just saying, like, you know, having the extra hobbies or activities away from wedding photography is, is the stuff that makes us better wedding photographers or like mm -hmm. <clears throat> I always, I always moan to my wife, you know, literally September till May, I'd like do no weddings and I'm mm -hmm. like itching to like, when I start shooting my first weddings, I'm not that good, but then I'm itching to get going. You know, and I and yeah. I know like I'm in a grateful position, I guess, to only do like 20, 22 weddings a year. So every time I shoot, I feel like good. Like mm -hmm. I don't feel burnt out. Um, and even though like, you know, I guess like even with like running nine dots, you know, I've got a good business partner, Andy, that like where we don't always like we're not communicating with each other all the time saying, have you done this or have you done that? Or always talk about wedding photography. You know, we both like once he's having hit, once he's off doing his massive runs and whatever he's living his life like I like to live mine as well <laughs> I don't that, yeah. but it's good like that you know like before I guess it was it was getting a bit much as well because you know when there was like four of us there was like 
I remember being even on holidays sometimes, you know, like, like, like our messenger, like that we were chatting on all the time. It was just crazy every day, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds, thousands <laughs> of messages just about what to do or planning and just about photography. And it was like, it's too much. Now yeah. it's like, you know, we don't have that much. So, like we, we, we obviously right now we have a lot because of the gathering coming up, but like generally there can be like a whole week or whatever. And me and him haven't even spoken to each other. And it's, yeah. it's like, great. So we, I have the break from that. And I am grateful for having the break from September to like March, April time, because I'm raring to go and I don't feel burnt out. I do sort of halfway through because everything's crammed within three, four months, but mm-hmm. it still makes me feel good. Like, you know, um, I guess not being all consumed by it. And even, yeah. even, even like just today, people are talking on social media and social media in our group, like about, um, oh, the whole everyone's going through like this editorial phase of the, of like mm-hmm. wedding photography. Right. But I'm like, people don't only really see that editorial phase because you're following all these photographers that keep posting this stuff. And I might, my, my, I wrote a comment, which has gone unnoticed, but it's just like, start using the mute <laughs> button and like, stop following all these people because it's not yeah. good for your, it's, it's, basically it's not good for your mental headspace, right? Mm-hmm. Pick a few that you like, pick some of your friends and mute the rest. And then that way, like, you're not going to see like trends change and more blurry photos or whatever. And you you can just mentally burn yourself out just by scrolling Instagram, yeah. right? Like you don't even who, need to be. Like, whoever is listening, don't mute me, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do one wedding a year, so it's it's all right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, um, no, but like, yeah, I, I, I mute people all the time. And th- that's the thing. It's just like, Otherwise, you're just going to burn yourself out just inside your own head, thinking about things inside your own head all the time, you know, questioning yourself. Are you good enough? And all these things lead to burnout. Burnout doesn't have to mean just um, working too much. Do you know what I mean? Like there's all these other things that keep people awake at night or whatever, right? Like just... Like a doubt, right? Yeah, doubt. doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's good to reinvent yourself and watch what's happening in in the industry. I also think that for myself, I really love the work of photographers that bring something fresh to the industry. And uh, they're usually the ones that like you just look and they just keep their head down, focus on their creative process. They, they do the work that they love in their own way. And they, they're not the ones that are, you know, the, the loudest online or, maybe not even the ones with the most followers, they're just focused on their creative process and finding their voice and having their own style that then I think they can produce something that's really timeless. Um, I think that the Insta- Instagram is a hard medium, especially for documentary photographers, because a lot of these images just look better when they're bigger. Um, I think what looks good on Instagram are the images that are quite clean, that you can kind of see in the grid and already know what's going on and know that it looks good, right? So the um, the whole trend of what what people like these days is kind of determined by that, but that doesn't mean that this photo is not going to look good in an album and that the client will not love these images. I mean, it's it's a difficult, difficult reality to be in. But I think that you know, comparison is a thief of joy. You you've you've got to you've got to focus on 
on the process and do what you feel passionate about and let other people know about it too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Do, do you know what, but one photographer, I was just thinking when you said all of that, mm-hmm. barring the one line, which you said, you might not have the most amount of followers because this guy has a, a shit ton of followers, but like mm-hmm. one guy that keeps his head down, just creates his own stuff, does everything to me. It like, um, is like fair. Mm, like yeah. he's not loud. I mean, like, yeah, he's loud in person and stuff, like, you know, and has massive character, but he's not loud yeah. on, on social media. He's doesn't, he's not like heavily opinionated or anything. But all you just see him is like all the time, you know, just shooting and putting out yeah. you know, work that he loves. And you know? his style, I don't feel like uh, I mean, I I don't have his images in front of me now, but I don't think his style changed dramatically over the years. You know, he doesn't he doesn't seem to be a person that like, okay, this trend is now fashionable i'm gonna change to 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 suit that he's just like he's doing his thing working on excelling at who he is and uh and 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 he's always doing something different his his photos are always creative and they're always they're always different and this isn't like a fair love fest i mean i do love the guy (laughs) but the thing is is that he he shoots in very similar locations all the time like maybe does two three weddings a week you know small destination weddings but they're all in mexico near his hometown and stuff like that right apart from when he's doing the actual destination weddings um so they're in very similar locations and like he's always staying like fresh and creative you know Mm -hmm. like i can see sometimes it's the same desert place that he was just at two weeks ago but he just does like obviously the people are different but he just creates different stuff because i guess it's easy even if you have different people to create like this is what i feel about my photography i have different people sometimes but i feel like i'm always creating the same stuff even though Mm -hmm. the people are different and it's and it's hard it's only like Sometimes can I create different things? I don't know. It makes sense in my head of what I'm saying. Like I can yeah, give an example. But like you're if- you're probably also hard on yourself because you know if you created something completely different from each shoot, that then you wouldn't have any style, right? So yeah, yeah. from one hand, photographers want to have established style and a voice and a look, and from the other hand, it's like like in order to achieve that, it needs to get repetitive. It it's like with fashion, like if you look at the style icons, like, you know, men or women that really, um, really are known from the history as someone who has style, they were wearing the same stuff over and over and reinventing uh, stuff around it. But uh, that's how they got, you know, the look. Like if you look at the work of uh, Avedon, for example, who is my great influence, like he's got a white backdrop all the time. You know? and even within this space like he's reinventing things and keeping it fresh but you know maybe he looks at his work and he's like oh my god i'm always with the white backdrop um so yeah i think when you're looking at your own stuff you're always like the harshest critic um yeah yeah i am i am i guess i like you know i mean but i think the problem comes with like wedding photography for example is like you know like i know i'm doing a good like what i would say is like a baseline job for every single client right so when i'm mm-hmm. when i was saying like i've had a really good year this year I, I say that and the fact that i've made really good baseline images for every single couple do you know what mm-hmm. i mean i haven't, yeah. I, haven't I don't have one couple where i'm like i was below par that day i feel like this year every single couple has got all the good baseline stuff and that's what's like I guess like why I making music or stuff like that is helping me creatively because I'm trying to do different things. And I know what you said, like 
I'm not trying to like wha- be wacky and like totally change my style, but like, mm-hmm. and they, and they are booking you on your, obviously always on your past work, but like just trying to find different things. I'm not, I'm not finding that creativity anymore in my mm-hmm. photography, if that makes sense. Like I'm not, I don't, f- I don't feel challenged either. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like I, I don't, does that sound arrogant or something but like anyway no 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 but i don't feel i don't feel challenged anymore so but like what is challenging like doing these podcasts is challenging you know like i get nervous before i mean i still get nervous before weddings but i get nervous before doing these things and i think man like how is it gonna go will it be good will it be entertaining will i be good yeah am i gonna fuck it up or like am i gonna be able to bring out someone's personality so like i guess this is also keeping me going and has been keeping Mm -hmm. me going for the last you know two three months as well in between weddings instead of me feeling guilty being man I could be editing like taking the two hours out to like do these yeah. podcasts edit the podcast has has also helped I don't know it sounds weird doesn't it like but it, it really I, has I don't you know? think like, it does because I I relate to it so much and I, I think I this is why I stopped shooting weddings <laughs> because I didn't feel challenged anymore like I there is a lot of pride in the craft of of it I knew that I can show up to pretty much any wedding uh in any conditions you know whether it's you know candlelit or a rainy day or a really tight schedule and that i can comfortably deliver solid solid work and um <laughs> and something and and i think that you know i i still never say never i might go back to wedding industry one day but I, I definitely didn't feel challenged anymore. And I needed a new area of photography where I will feel completely challenged. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that I, that was the only choice uh, to stop shooting weddings. Um, it's just how my life was at the time is that I, I could make that choice and see what's, what else is out there. But I, I do get it. Uh, I do get it. And I think, there are ways of challenging yourself, even though you feel that, you know, like, uh, but I do think that you can be a really solid photographer, provide great service to your clients and take great pride in that too. Like you don't need to, I don't know. Like, I think that's good life as well. It's it's a great life. It's a great life. I'm not, I'm totally, yeah, but I totally understand where you're coming from as well. Like, this, this is how I've been feeling, I guess, like for, for a while now. And I was feeling like that actually just before like COVID hit. And then mm-hmm. I, and like, you know, then I, then I, then things went a bit pear shaped, but, um, but like, I've got back to that feeling now. Like, I feel like, I, you know, that's what I mean. Like I'm having a really great year, but at the same time, I guess there's also, I'm feeling I'm having a really great year because I'm doing these podcasts or I'm making music and, and doing other things and, and like pretty much stopping editing totally at like three o'clock once I pick my kids up and, all these other things mm-hmm. are factoring in now um, and, and and having my new routine in the morning, like is, is all helped. Otherwise I think I would have been maybe in how you are feeling um, because that's, that's the other thing. There's not a day that doesn't go by where I think, what else can I do that will, that I will enjoy and make me money yeah. so I can leave wedding photography. It's not like <laughs> those, that thought doesn't cross my mind. It literally yeah. crosses my mind every day, especially and when I'm maybe- on the toilet. <laughs> like I'm always thinking like <laughs> what could I be doing like because I see some of my friends make other moves in from their careers you know either either they change jobs 
or they take on two contracts or doing whatever they're doing. Like I see other people making different, you know, they and they see me, they think, yeah. oh man, I'm living the dream. I'm only doing 20 winnings a year. But then I look at them and I'm like, oh, you're living the dream. You're getting to do two different things. And it's like so creative <laughs> and variety, even though it's just boring accountancy work or whatever it is, but it's creative for them, right? And like, yes, but I, I the, grass is, the grass is always greener. Yeah. Um, I think for me also, it was um, when I moved to Paris, I was like, okay, do I, for the third time, reestablish my wedding business in a new place? And I know how much energy that takes. Um, and I think it does get easier, but there are other challenges as like, you know, before now, like you also need to be good at social media. Like there, there are things that are changing too. So I think, think it was easy for that, me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it was easy for me to give up weddings. I was like, how about I don't do it and try something else? And, you know, I always like, I still have nice wedding images. So I could decide tomorrow to put together a new wedding website and yeah. go back to it. Like what, that what about, option is always there. What, what about the fear of like, this is the thing, right? This is why I respect the fact that you just came out of wedding photography. But what, I mean, what about the fear of not making money? <laughs> like I mean like you had savings I'm going to assume not to get into your personal financial situation yeah. but like that's a massive fear right for me even like I'm always thinking what can I do to leave yeah. photography but also I'm like it pays good money it's like I don't want to give that up unless I find something that pays me something equally as good if not better yeah um, and, and I like, did yeah, so how did you overcome that fear basically I did you? have some money saved and I think it's always good to have savings and that's that's um you know, that that might make you make decisions in life more comfortably. But I also, you know, like I didn't have a family. I, I, I think I can take bigger risks than, for example, you. Um, yeah, yeah. Be, I mean, it, but it, it's still a risk. Like, I know what yes, you're saying. It's yeah, still like, a risk it's, because it's you're only on one income. But yeah. if, if, you know, uh, someone has to suffer, it's going to be only me. I'm not yeah, yeah. like dragging the whole family into it. So I think in a way that's, that's a privileged position to be in. And I also am quite like egoistic and <laughs> I'm like, of course I'm going to make money. <laughs> like I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe in myself in that way, even I'm, I'm though it might be naive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> the, the same. Reality, I hear that. Reality yeah. might be different. And then I'm like, Oh shit, actually, actually it's not as easy as I thought, but at that point it's too late. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, apart from not being challenged by weddings, I also had this feeling. So I had this amazing mentor who, who was like, yeah, you should be shooting portraits. This is where you're, you know, when, where your talent is and this is where your skill is. And I tried to do that at the time when I was doing weddings, but there is something about running your own wedding business is that like you'll just put all the energy and all the creative energy into it a lot of the time. And even though you can do some personal projects successfully, you'll never give them the same love as you would to like your business that brings you money, right? Like that's just kind of how it works or at least how it works for me. So in a way for, I did have this feeling of like 
what if I never try this, right? Like, what if I have this like unrealized potential and I could be creating something incredible, but I never give it a go because I'll be like shooting weddings and anxious where my money will come from and I will never get to do it. And I don't know if this is the same for you with the music, you know, uh, like, is it like that unlived life that gives you anxiety? It's like, oh, I always wanted to try it. Like, what if I never do? So I think I wanted to give myself a chance to, to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Fair enough. Take, take spores. It seriously does. I think what, what, that my, my, uh, uh, expectation on how it's going to go was also different because now I have a, like a full-time job at peak time. Right. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to have this job and then I'm on the weekends going to work on all those personal projects and do all those other things. And I did underestimate of like how tired you are and how li like little time you have to do all these other projects once, you know, they're not your work. Uh, so that was <laughs> a, a hard reality to accept. Um, but in a way, um, I think I learned to be more patient with, with stuff and just say like, hey, it's going to happen. It might take much longer than I would like to, but um, it's going to happen eventually. So like, let's say if I was a full-time portrait photographer, I might be able to do, you know, like a, a one photo shoot a week or even more and really push it and really focus on my marketing and do all of that because I have all this time in the world to, to put into it. Um, and right now I don't have, I don't have that. Um, especially now with wedding photography conference season upon us. Exactly. Exactly. Like you, you see me at these conferences, you know, how, yeah. <laughs> how uh, much energy that takes. So I just became comfortable with, okay, it's going to take some time. Maybe I will do one photo shoot a year. <laughs> Yeah. But I'll try to I'll try to make it good. And even now when I, you know, accept like a commercial job or anything like that, I'm like, I'm gonna make sure that this is uh like I'm very intentional about it. Right. Like I was like, okay, this is not creatively where I wanna go, but I'm gonna make sure that this can pay for a personal project, you know, that that yeah, yeah. you get kind of uh, smarter about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, actually there's a there's a so i went to a videography conference once um in barcelona and there was this guy his name is i think it was francisco montero and uh he um does like weddings but he doesn't do weddings what he actually does is like all these like sort of documentaries and real life stuff about like he had this one um he shot one film and like had everyone in tears about someone's uh, adoption struggle of basically he had shot their wedding, but they were mm -hmm. trying to adopt in Serbia or something. And then like, and he followed them like throughout their life. And then he had another one where he shot another couple's wedding, but then they found out that one and a half, it was two, two women, I think, and one of them had cancer and they only had a certain amount of time to live. And then he asked them like, can I follow you? And he spent mm -hmm. all his energy doing like, basically that was his personal work. And then he showed us his wedding films and he shoots like these high end weddings because mm -hmm. he's amazing, like, um, videographer, but then he showed his wedding film. And like, if you see his editing and I hope like if he ever listened to this, like, he doesn't kill me for it. It was shocking. <laughs> it was just like, you could tell, like he basically, he 
gets these high-end weddings. He does a good enough job. But like, when I say shocking, it's shocking in comparison to like these other, all these personal work that he does. Like he did one on like floods in like Brazil or something in, in this town. And, and he went there and he filmed the whole thing. And, and just, oh man, the editing and just everything he did was just amazing. And it was just like, had people in tears in that whole room. There was literally not a dry eye in any of his films. It was, it was, it was crazy. And, um, and I really wanted to bring him to Nine Dots as well. I was telling mm-hmm. Andy, um, like, we got to get this guy. We got to get it. I'm like, but the thing is, he had to come with a translator because he could only speak Spanish, couldn't really speak any English. Mm, and that like is. That. So it was like really difficult. And, but like, it, it was, it was that, like what you just said, you know, he uses weddings to basically fund all his personal projects and all the mm-hmm. stuff that he's, and he wins awards for them as well. Like he puts them in some like film festivals and all sorts of stuff, but he uses weddings to, to basically fund his habit <laughs> of like yeah. all the personal work you know and it's like incredible and honestly like i'll drop a link if i can and remember in the comments about his work but he hides most of it because it's so personal now yeah um, but like i remember i asked him can you just send me a link with one password i need to show my wife your work like and then yeah i missed a whole like two two talks in that conference because he was at the bar and i was at the bar and i was talking to him and i just wanted to like talk to this guy just like what makes him tick and it was yeah it was crazy anyway that's a real tangent but yeah, yeah. It, it goes on what you said, you know, like you, you've got to be try, trying to be creative about how you organize your time in a way, because there's like for sure someone listen to it and say, like, I can't afford to fund my personal project. Like I barely can, you know, fund my family life or something yeah. like that. Or maybe, you know, if you have a newborn baby and that takes over like all your creativity and resources and uh, like and not everyone might be in a position to prioritize that but i think you know trying to say hey this is important i'm going to at least try to do something even if it's five minutes a day even if it's once a week or once a month or once a year to find that little something that can can feed you and or maybe you know maybe you can fund a massive beautiful project too yeah no 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 exactly yeah you're totally right uh, like i'm sure the way that this guy started out was basically you know with doing weddings and then slowly slowly using his own personal time and space or money or maybe he's gone to another country and then he's just like i'm going to stay two weeks extra because he can and then start filming personal projects like but exactly what you said like start with small things just basically it's just Just like life isn't it like just, (laughs) just no but it's just like life right like just do some things that make you happy because yeah, those it's things like with exercise, exactly. right? Like yeah, uh, yeah, anything, anything in life. And I'm I'm saying that because when you know I got challenged to shoot personal work ages ago, like I had all the excuses. <laughs> I was like, why I just absolutely am not going to do it, and uh, and I wish I didn't um, spend so much energy cr- like thinking of these excuses, and instead just did something. <laughs> yeah but um, but those things like like all these things they're just hindsight stuff is like hindsight's a beautiful thing right but like it's it's like it's only happens to you when like the time is right i don't know like for example yeah. like my mom is a yoga teacher and my brother is really holistic and stuff and they keep talking about yoga to me all the time and like do breathing techniques and do this and do that and especially my mom <laughs> right like it just pushes you away from ever like thinking about doing yoga 
But then there was, I was having mm. one conversation with my cousin when during COVID, during lockdown. And she's like, you know, Rahul, uh, I'm a yoga teacher too. And I'm like, she's a photographer as well. right? And she's like, I'm a yoga teacher. And I'm like, oh, I did. I mean, I know you did yoga. I didn't know you were a teacher. And she's like, should I teach you one day? Because I'm trying to like learn how to teach people. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, something in my brain just went, yeah, all right. Why not? That sounds like a good <laughs> idea. And then suddenly I started doing yoga during like lockdown. Yeah. But it's, it's What I'm trying to say is like, these things happen and they they only like um happen when when you're ready to listen to them when yeah. like you know what I mean like same if you told me four years ago oh wait you set your alarm at quarter five you're gonna love it five to seven in the morning having your own time to go to the gym and have a coffee and and read a yeah. book I would be like f off like there's no way I'm doing that you're <laughs> crazy I'm gonna stay in asleep even though I'm, I'm I'm a morning person and I wake up early I just still lay there in bed doing nothing yeah right (laughs) like I would never have got up but now it's like oh I wish I'd done this like 10 years ago what a game-changing thing it is and you wouldn't have probably wouldn't have exactly because you're not ready to listen to it I actually someone told me 10 years ago oh you should stop shooting weddings and focus on your portrait work because that's where the good stuff is and I was like no way (laughs) yeah it took me five more years of trying the other approach um and now i'm like fine that that i think that was a good idea yeah yeah but when you start so after you stopped doing uh weddings and stuff like that like no don't really want to talk about pick time and stuff but like you know obviously it's a big part of your life but did mm-hmm. they did you get a job with them pretty much straight after or or like yes exactly so i was moving to paris and i got in uh, i saw that pick time was uh looking for someone for their tech support on Instagram. I saw just an Instagram post. So I messaged them and I asked if they're still looking for someone in Europe. And they actually said that they filled that position already, but they're going to make a position for me. So I was like, oh, well, that's okay. an unusual job interview. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, because then you just got along or something? They were like, oh, we really... Yes, like, I yes. I met the, the founders before at the photo conference I was producing. So I did know... Well, what photo no, already. was that? Like, it was a photo, photo field trip. Oh, yes. photo field trip. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I met your brother too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, basically, we had a we already had a connection, uh, and the intention was to work for pick time part time initially, and then uh, do a part time photography. But then it turned into a bigger kind of project and a full time job and something that I really love and enjoy too yeah. so um so here we are now <laughs> yeah so yeah so I was I was actually going to ask you that like I mean obviously I know you love like doing your job because like you wouldn't be working for them I think you could like just do whatever but like do, do you enjoy going to all these conferences and doing everything for them like yes know? so it was very strange because when I um I when I lived in Los Angeles I was helping with um a photo conference and I always loved these kind of events, right? And then I was like, okay, I'm moving to Paris. I'm giving up wedding photography and I'm not going to go to these conferences anymore. And, um, you know, I'll miss it. And then yeah. I land a job at peak time. And the first thing that Nirit asked me is like, are you able to come with me to a photo conference? Okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did I know that I will attend more conferences conferences. (laughs) as non-wedding photographer than I did even when I was a wedding photographer. Um, 
So that was not something that I was expecting, but you know, life just uh, sometimes yeah. give you <laughs> gives you stuff like that. Yeah, and, and the uh, thing is, you listen to all the talks as well because obviously, I, I see you like not backstage, whatever. That sounds so yeah. wanky, <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like, I see you like hovering about in the back in the background. Yeah, like because obviously, I'm wandering around. We're doing bits during the gathering, and but you always listen to all the talks as well. So I do. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. If I can, I I do love to listen to the talks yeah. and some presenters I've seen, you know, uh, five times or seven times or yeah. uh, multiple times. But I think in a way, not being a wedding photographer anymore, uh, I mean, I'm still shooting a, one wedding a year, but um, it it does help you put things in a different perspective. And I love learning uh, about like, what photographers life looks like like what do they do and how do they work what is what are they worried about you know that's like so fascinating for me too i'm uh part of many facebook groups and i'm always interested like uh what you know where is the anxiety coming from just i think i'm just do it out of my own curiosity yeah because i love to learn but this, in a way, has helped me uh, with my peak time work differently, because right now I also uh, talk to a lot of departments and I always give the perspective on the product from the photographer's point of view. So in a way, I'm like uh, gathering all this data from listening to a lot of photographers and talking to a lot of photographers that then helps us make make decisions when we come up with something new. Yeah. For big time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like I don't want to mention it, but obviously, like the new, like in air quotes, big time gift that you're giving away that you show me that everyone will get at the gathering, which we won't talk about here, but like it's cool. Mm. And I can see that that has been <laughs> developed from you listening to maybe a lot of English uh <laughs> Facebook yeah. groups, uh, photography Facebook groups. It's kind of anxiety. Thanks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can like, connect. It's it's yeah. like uh um and, and I think it it's quite magical when you can connect these dots. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um yeah, I I wouldn't be going to all these conferences if I didn't find something in it that I I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think I have a hard time working on any project or any any job that I don't truly feel connected to and find meaning in and enjoy. Yeah. It's that's also a good skill to have, you know, like to be aware that I'm not enjoying it anymore and then maybe it's like time to move on. You know that's mm -hmm. and 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 I guess like yeah, like you said you are in a bit of a privileged position, but you know, just to have that like I'm gonna get over the fear of like um not having that job yeah. on or whatever, you know. That that's that's what keeps us like ticking away, right? Like doing things out of fear, like mm -hmm. you know, that's what that's why I haven't moved on from wedding photography because I, I mean I do love it. That's what the thing is, is I do love it. But yeah, when you love it, that makes things complicated. That it makes it does make it make it complicated. And the thing is I've got savings to like maybe I don't have to work for a, an X period amount of time. But the thing mm -hmm. is I guess the beauty of wedding photography is that I have enough time to think um, mm -hmm. about what else I could be doing. And I still haven't found that. But one day when I do, then I think that would be, then, then I'll, then I'm going to do what you do. Just do one wedding a year, maybe two weddings a year. <laughs> like, you know, just to like. Good number. To, yeah. It's a good number. <laughs> like, you know, one or two weddings a year. Like, 
and then uh, yeah, yeah. you know and just because i still because i love doing them like you know that, and that's the thing about wedding photography like it's for me it's gone beyond like taking photos now like i love meeting new people i love talking to new people i spend a lot of time i've noticed like from before on how my wedding photography was and what we used to say in the nine dots workshop is like always continuously work always continuously work look for new angles do yeah do that now it's more like i'm not going to work and i'm actually going to talk to these people and i'm getting booked from by talking to these people but i'm not doing it absolutely for that. but i'm not doing that for that purpose do you know what i'm saying yeah. like, i'm not doing it for the purpose of like trying to be booked or anything it's more like i just enjoy talking to other people and then yeah. i realized that oh i'm talking way too much <laughs> and i need to stop when I when I took a step back from photography when I moved to Paris, um, I didn't expect my photography to benefit from it. You know, I was like, "Oh, you have to shoot every day in order to be better." Like that's, and then I, you know, I think I didn't even pick up my camera for a year. I took, I I did a forty five minute shoot. And this is some of my favorite work that I've ever created. And I was like, how is this possible? It yeah. it goes against anything that I learned. Um, but that's just how it worked. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, uh, I think I was so burned out and I was like, I was in a space where I only was ready to pick up a camera if, if this was something that yeah. was going to be good. That I because I I felt very strongly about a topic that I was photographing or a person or or something that I wanted to say. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I was just thinking, like in my head, because the other thing that's kept me on my toes, like recently as well. I mean, I'm not trying to sell it or anything, but like, is the fact that I, I decided I was talking to Andy one day, and in my head, I was just like, and I had a few people on Instagram message me, and I would, they were like, I was just like, why don't I do a workshop on my own? And like, I, I like, I, I feel like I'm at an age now where I like being put out of my comfort zone. I don't want to be too mm -hmm. comfortable. And so I, I sat there shitting it for ages. Like, should I put it out there? Should I not? And then Andy was helping me say, mate, just put it out there. People will sign up. But I was just like, no, it's like kind of like doing a party and then thinking, is anyone going to turn up? Right. <laughs> but like, of course. Yeah. But like, it, it, the thing is, is that when I was thinking about it and then I'm like, okay, how am I going to teach? What am I going to do? And though I call it, called it create and hustle because um, that's what I do and I'm very good at working and I work hard in the given short space of time or whatever I've got, which is school hours. Um, mm -hmm. and, but like in the workshop, it's not going to be just like about hustling. It's I'm going to write. I'm going to, there's, a, I've, I've written actually the first part is more about like self-care and good habits mm -hmm. because that's what will help your photography rather than like, you know, cause I'm brought up on a, in an era where, you're taught to shoot, keep shooting, always shoot, look for things, do personal work, but keep shooting and learning and learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how the which, workshops and conferences work, which don't get me wrong. Yeah. You should I think always it's be good, good advice for the beginning too. I think yeah, you're yeah, really, 100%. in a different season, you're ready for different things, right? Like if you, you've, you've got to like, you've got to know how to use your camera, right? Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Because once <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, course, yeah. you feel comfortable there, that's what, you know, allows you to experiment, but you really got to kind of know at all times to, it's like, okay, what do I need right now? Like, do I still need to, you know, work on my camera skills or am I ready to open to something new, open up to something new? Yeah. Yeah, that that's true. Like, 
of course, yes, keep learning and always educate yourself. Like, you know, that's how I put it for a start. But like what I'm trying to say is like t- sometimes like taking a step back and reevaluating yeah. or like, I don't know, like I could put it down to like when I make music, um, I'll make a track and I'll be like, okay, this is nearly finished. So, but then I won't touch it for like two weeks and I'll let it sit there and I won't mm-hmm. listen to it or anything. Then I'll go off listening to my own music in the gym and everything. And then I come back to it and I, and I look at it. It's like with a fresh pair of ears. And mm-hmm. then like I can make tweaks, but then I'll make it sound better. But then my next project that I do, because I took a bit of a break from that, is ends up being even better. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like because you're because like we were talking about before, it's not just always continuously consuming photography, if that makes yeah. sense. Like that's what I was taught. Like consume it, consume it. And I was and I did that. And yes, it has helped me. And yes, but I think now the culture and and stuff like you know like hustle is like a word that's sort of bit frowned upon now right like the hustle mm-hmm. culture or whatever but it's not like for me that the hustling doesn't mean actually like just keep consuming yourself it means like you're still hustling when you take a step back and you do like yeah. self-care and you look after yourself and you go for a long walk whatever it may be I think I'm rambling I don't know why but like in my head it's, yeah I have a point to where I was going with it but basically it'll help you to take a step back Taking a step back will help you move forward in the weirdest sense. Yeah. And I think if you listen to yourself, that that is, uh, if you can do some self-reflection, right? Like, for example, I remember time where I was editing a lot and sitting at the computer and I had like a painful back and I would Google like, what is the most, the best chair? You know, what is like the most ergonomic setup? And I would go get like massage, but massage was like always expensive. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I can keep going. Like, and it's not helping as much as I, I could. And I was like, I, I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, I'm getting old and that's just how it is. And that was 10 years ago. Now I go to the gym a few times a week and I can sit on any chair for any amount of time and I don't get any back pain. Uh, so I was like, oh, my back was just really weak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and I, and, and I would like, okay, if I get a better chair, that's going to solve it. Like, um, uh, but no, it was just like, I had to take care of my body n- more seriously. Um, and that, and that just suddenly fixed everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's what exercise does though. Right. It like, you need to have all this energy to exercise, but then it gives you more energy back, like somehow in a weird way. Um, yeah, I don't even think you need that much energy in a way, like because a lot of the time I feel like completely fried and tired, and then I start exercising, and I'm like, oh, it's just my brain that's tired. Like, yeah, my that's what I was going to say. Fine. So like, yeah. my body is actually dying to move. Yeah, it's it's the mental energy to get yourself down to the gym. Yeah. That's, that's where like I used to stumble at a lot you know I, used to be, I could talk myself out of it so easily yeah you know? um, I, I just stopped questioning it I'm because I I never think about it like oh I'm tired like I'm not feeling up to it today I just go anyway yeah and you know and but I give myself permission like if you go there and your body is really tired and you're not feeling it, like you can take it really easy. And I'm like, if you want to leave after 10 minutes, you can. Like I give myself permission to be, uh, you know, because I don't want to like overdo it either. Like, yeah, or, don't injure yourself. Like no. injure myself and all of that. But 
always, every time I go there and as soon as I start, I find this new energy and it clears my head and, and all of it. But yeah. um, I don't want to accidentally do a podcast, like a well, <laughs> we're going into a wellness episode yeah, yeah. territory, but uh, a no, lot of like, things are completely stuff, counterintuitive, I think. Because you're like, I'm tired. This is not like I shouldn't like go exercise or, you know, so periodically, even though I work full time, I do want to like finish a project. Right. I, um, I recently started working on a book or like I would put a photo shoot together and I would have a lot of extra work. And, you know, I would think the only, the only way I could get through extra work would be if I just gave up everything else in my life and focus on that one thing. But actually, I'm not able to think so many hours straight. So the only thing that I can, the only way I can get through extra work is if I like work all day, then I go do a really hard workout and then I can go back to it and work on my personal stuff uh, for another, you know, three, four hours. So um, I would only choose to do this for a very limited amount of time because I think, you know, after a while you're burning candle on both ends, but, but yeah, only through kind of working with, with your body, uh, I think you can kind of push yourself to finish a big project like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think you're right though. Like, you know, you just you just have to listen to your own body. I, I give myself the same permissions. Like when I'm in when I'm in, if I go to gym, like if I'm painting painting because I've just had a massive PT session and then I'm like okay look Rahul just get to the gym and then if after 20 minutes you want to go to the sauna and sit for the next half an hour it's all good just like don't overdo it don't don't give yourself more problems but like yeah you're right like when you go there you just find a different energy and next minute I'm doing a burn class and it's like and I feel great (laughs) (laughs) like yeah and I'm like okay this is good but um yeah, you have to you have to listen like that's the thing yeah this is getting to wellness or whatever but I think there's still important topics but it's like you just have to listen to yourself. And this is the thing. It goes back to like, you know, switching off. Like, I mean, it's really hard to do. Like I'm addicted to social media, but like, but I do like muting people. So then like, you mm-hmm. don't feel anxious or like, I'm not as good as anyone else or people are creating better images than me. Or look at the photographers in Thailand and Mexico. They're doing all this beautiful stuff. And I'm in like, you know, a crappy registry office in like London or somewhere, wherever, you know, like, you're just yeah. not comparing yourself and like and you're not burning yourself out mentally by thinking of all these things so i don't know it's it's worth like yeah just listening to yourself and, and taking care of yourself because it will help you with your work creatively like you know every in all avenues it, it, yeah. even if you go to the gym you can go back and you can sit down and you can be like oh, i'm gonna do my accounts today and you'll do it with like all the zest in the world you yes know? yes <laughs> and you'll finish it I, and you'll be like oh my god you know i actually have almost like a fear of doing taxes like it's yeah, something yeah. that i like really hate and i decided to train myself almost like a, you would uh, train an animal uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now i do a tax party <laughs> oh, okay instead so instead of having this like oh no it's gonna be this is gonna suck it's gonna be terrible i'm like um i'm gonna I'm going to get all like my favorite snacks, like even stuff that I don't usually buy or make a cheese board, pour a glass of wine. I'm going to do like a really special evening and do my taxes (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> and this is my new tax ritual. And it really, really kind of makes it like, it's almost like a parody, but in a way, then you're like, oh, how ridiculous it is. I have to yeah. do all of this in order to put myself through through this chore. But uh, yeah, it works. It works. So is that you do that party every night, glass of wine and cheese board? <laughs> every night's no. a tax party night. <laughs> no, only when I have to do when yeah. when I have to do like a, a tax report or something like that. Yeah, I, I was reading somewhere like in a book actually, or or something like, you know, the first task of the day um, is to do your bed to like keep your mm-hmm. bed nice, right? To do, do your bed, whatever it, however you say it, and then like basically doing that one task gives you the sense of accomplishment that you finished a a task for that day already in the Mm -hmm. morning. So then it sets you up to like finish other tasks later on that day. Whereas if you don't do your bed in the morning and you just get up and roll out, (laughs) you won't feel like doing other tasks that happen later on in the day. Yeah. (laughs) Like crazy, isn't it? I don't know. But it's does it work for you? I don't know. It spoke (laughs) a lot of truth to me. Do you know what I mean? No, to to be fair, I, I do my task is going to the gym. If I start doing my bed, my wife would be like, what the hell are you doing? Bring the blanket <laughs> over my face. <laughs> like, yeah, so I can't do that shit. That's her task. But um, yeah, because I'm, I'm out of the bed and, and by quarter five in the morning. So yeah, my, I have other tasks. And like, actually, one of my tasks is like emptying the dishwasher. And mm-hmm. like, I religiously do it. And the days that I don't, I, and it's rare that I have never done it. But like, on the days that I've like delayed doing it like i've done it after like 11 o'clock or something like that i feel like yeah i haven't accomplished like i'm not accomplishing other things that i should be doing it like yeah that's that's how i related when when i heard that i was just like shit that is like me and like yeah emptying the dishwasher i literally do it like and that's my check done you know yeah wow weird, yeah weird, isn't it? it is weird and i think we live in a, such a world where you get like a dopamine hit, hit from everything uh that it's it's uh, like you don't even realize these things. And to create any habit like that, it it's painful, I think, at first. Yeah. But then you've got this like burst of confidence, like feeling of accomplishment. And then you feel like stronger, more courageous if you want to, you know, take some risks and, uh, and all of that. I've been doing for the past two months, I've been doing a kind of like a no buy, low buy. Um, so I'm trying not to spend any money and not eat out <laughs> while still keeping a good life. And, um, and I'm not like a massive online shopper or anything, but when you do a challenge like that, you suddenly realize like, oh, there, there's so many decisions that I make without being aware of them, you know, without yeah. realizing and uh, uh and i also decided to learn how to budget properly for a month ahead and be really kind of precise with it and know exactly where i can take financial risk or what i can you know do with my finances and it's been painful like th- yeah, those two I months like i started in august like especially with the eating out because i love food i think it was august 4th and i was like i'm already like struggling <laughs> and it's like i feel like it's it's been years and i'm only doing this for four days um yeah. yeah and i don't want to give up my social life so it took some creativity on how to keep the social life and without eating out all the time without kind of like defaulting like okay let's meet for a dinner over here 
Um, yeah. And I've been like, oh, like an addict, you know, I was like, I miss this like dopamine hit all, yeah. all the time. But I, I think sometimes you have to kind of go cold turkey or some on some stuff or really pull it back uh, in order to like be aware of where you're putting your energy and what consumes you. So, um, yeah, this is an anecdote, not photography related at all. Yeah, it's all right. It doesn't have to be about photography. Like, that's the whole point of this conversation, right? <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Um, but like, that, I, I want to do stuff like that. I, I definitely need to do, you know, like the budgeting thing. I, I, don't, I don't live with, um, like, in my, like my wife always says like, oh, we should budget, we should budget so then we can save. But I, I just, my brain doesn't operate that way. Mm. like it's it's like i work hard and then i'll, I'll just keep frivolously spending <laughs> like yes and like yes. and then but like you know what i spend money i guess like yeah just so dumb you know i could be with my daughters and they'll be like oh can we have this thing it's like two quid whatever and it's just like yeah sure why not you know like or it's like three quid yeah, yeah sure why not instead of and then but then those things like over the weekend it's just like i just spent 40 pound on crap do you know what i mean yeah and you're like what like and then a few times that i do that every weekend that's like 160 pounds a month. And then it mm. is whatever that my maths isn't good enough, but like, you know, over a thousand pounds a year just on yeah. like, cause they kept saying, cause I've been like, yeah, two pound, three pound. And obviously with contactless and stuff like that, they make it so easy. You don't have to have your wallet anymore. It's just on my watch or whatever. It's just like, yeah. and everyone accepts like contactless, right? Doesn't, even if it's for like 10 pence, they'll just take it off you. So it's like, I really need to do the budgeting thing. Definitely. It was a very interesting exercise and I way prefer to like earn a lot of money and then spend frivolously and then never think about it. But I, um, I have set some financial goals for myself and they're like some purchases that I want to make that I've been trying to save up for ages. And I, you know, I was like, I still, I can't believe I still didn't save up for this. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's, let's try a different approach. So for me, it was, um, you know, if I, if I didn't have any, any kind of thing like that, I don't think I would have ever changed this because it, it is so painful. Uh, but I decided to do it. So I analyzed all my cards and bank accounts, right? I wrote down everything and I'm like, okay, what, where is the money going? And before I would look at my statements and I'd be like, oh, this is, yeah, this is the subscription for this. And I, I'm not subscribed to a ton of things, but once I really sat down and took a hard look at it, I'm suddenly seeing, it was like, oh, I'm paying 25 per month for my phone, but I signed up for like a 10 euro deal, you know, and it's like, why yeah. am I paying so much? So then, then I call them and you have to wait for 10 minutes for someone to pick up. And, and turns out they're like overcharging me oh. <laughs> for past year. Right. Yeah. And now it's fixed. And now I look at another thing and was like, Oh, I think I'm overpaying here as well. And this is, painful process and and then i'm like oh i think i bought this stuff but it's broken i could return this so you know you you procrastinate all those tasks and then you when you're like no i'm gonna take a hard look at this and um and suddenly i'm like oh now i understand what's happening i feel uh, more in control and and uh and i can finally see how i could you know reach some of the goals that that i set myself yeah, uh, I was 
I was the same, by the way, quickly with uh, Netflix. I was paying for it twice. I didn't realize for like two yeah. years. I basically have a Netflix subscription, but then also with my Sky TV, I was also paying for Netflix. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Like twice, you know, like that's basically whatever, £12 a month, right? Times two yeah. years. And it's like, I, I didn't even realize until I sat down one time. And uh, and that's like, I'm, everything you just said is exactly like, if I want something, and I can afford like a new pair of trainers or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just go and buy it. If I like, that's why my wife can never buy me uh, birthday presents or Christmas presents because if I like something, I, I just I just have to have it. And I'm trying as well. Um, like again, I was listening to a podcast or someone read it. I read it somewhere probably, but like it's like if you want to buy something, wait 28 days and then still see if you want it 28 days later. If you still want it 28 days later, then you should buy that mm-hmm. thing. But you, but most of the time, the, the goal, the the answer will be like you don't need whatever you wanted, like that impulse yeah. thing. Because obviously, that's what you're getting, right? It's all these social. Like this morning, I literally, after reading my book, I was like surfing Instagram, and there's a Nike sale, and I went and bought a pair of trainers because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's forty percent off. I, I, like, yeah, like I I should have waited the twenty eight days, but I'm like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> but I don't do that. I don't do that. I, I, that's what I need to do. I need to like. Yeah. This is what these people are telling me of like, wait and then see if you still need them. I, then- I I would wait sometimes three months to buy something and I would still buy too many things. <laughs> yeah. That You're a better alone, than me three months, honestly. That, that alone didn't really work for me. Uh yeah. you know, because I still would like want want some stuff that's expensive and I would just like think about it like for months and months and months. <laughs> yeah. And then you buy all of it in one go. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. maybe not in one go, but I would still overspend. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a uh, uh, like I probably wouldn't have to do all those budgeting if I was great with money. <laughs> so. Yeah, I only started like actually. This is why I need to sit down and do it properly. I'm, I am going to do it uh, during the quieter times once the gathering's over. Is that like because I recently switched to Starling, and in there it tells you how much you spend a month. Like mm-hmm. it just keeps telling you that this month you spent X amount of thousand, and you're like, what? And then like, and it's like every month, right? It is, and yeah. like your anxiety is like through the roof. Like, I just wish there was a way to hide that tab. Of, <laughs> of the, it, t- wow. it just gives you the total amount that has come out of your bank account, mm-hmm. right? And then it's just like, and honestly, it was like, it, it keeps me up at night sometimes thinking how much is going out of my account. It's crazy. But like, and you know, just on house bills and all the, all the normal mortgage, all the stuff. But like, I know I could trim it down and it's, it's definitely on one of my things to do. Yeah, especially budget. that if if you can do then something with these money, this money that you know, like I don't know, give gives you something else, right? Yeah. Like uh, just like save it, better spend <laughs> it or save it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but it's been it's been like you know what, like it's been really good chatting to you. This has been like a really good conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it too. By the way, yes, for sure. <laughs>